Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week, April 26th through May 2nd. I can hardly believe it. We're almost to the month of May. Can you? Like the time has just flown by. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so much has happened but so much really hasn't happened, right? I kind of feel like I'm caught in between this, this things not being new and exciting, but then there's so much potential for the new and the exciting. It's kind of an interesting juxtaposition, I think, that we find ourselves in at this point in time. So today we are going to be taking a look at a couple of things. First, last week, Friday, while we had so much to talk about, I forgot one of the major things that was happening, and that is Mars, the planet of action and the warrior god um, aspect or archetype, changed signs. He moved out of the sign of Gemini and into the sign of Cancer. So if you're noticing a difference in how it is that you want to take action on things or what your, um, your feeling body is wanting to do, right, the, the doing part of yourself, if you've noticed a change there, it's probably due to Mars. So I want to talk about that first this morning since we've already gone there. And then, of course, we need to take our dive into the full moon. And what does that mean for us as we are also in the midst? Let's see here in about, let's see, what time is it? Oh, my gosh, 8.02. So in about 17 minutes, the moon is going to transit out of the sign of Libra and into the sign of Scorpio. And there begins our preparation for the full moon, which occurs this evening. So we want to talk about the moon. We want to talk about Scorpio because that's where the moon will be. So that should take most of our morning. And then, of course, we always do on Mondays. We take a look at the week ahead. And as I take a look at the week ahead, it is a pretty busy week astrologically. And there's a lot of things I think that are going to pull us, tug us inward. Uh, to be able to work through whatever needs transforming. And you'll see where that, that theme is coming up here in just a minute. Um, so the, the energy this week, while it's not necessarily one where we're all going to hide or where we're all going to become hermits, um, it's going to be a week, though, where we're really looking at what's going on within us, what needs to be changed or transformed within us in order to be the light, the life, to be on the journey that we were uh, designed to be on. So it is an interesting week, I think, astrologically when we look at that, but also through human design. And I'll also have some graphics to show to you about what all of that means. So I hope you all had a good weekend. It was a weekend for me filled with inspiration and ideas, which is always a dangerous thing for me because then I just want to jump out in 50 million different directions. Just ask Asa, I must have sent her, I don't know, different texts this, after, this weekend, <laughs> all about what it was that I wanted to do next. We shall see how much of that I get done. Uh, but that's always fun for me because I love idea generation. That's that gate 11 that my earth is sitting in on my life purpose. The trick is to choose the correct things to take action on so that it doesn't end up going nowhere, going nowhere fast. So while we're talking this morning, if you have questions, Asa is back with us. Asa, thank you for being here with us this morning. I know you must be tired from your weekend and uh, getting that, that long drive for you. So uh, thank you so much. And if you guys have questions, just put them in the chat and Asa will make sure to get them to me. And of course, I'm going to head over there real quick just to say a quick good morning to everybody before I get started. Uh, hello, Christine Buckingham, Kathleen Mallory, good morning to you. Got coffee, got my coffee, although it's hard to drink coffee and talk. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> so, I mean, while I have my cup of coffee, uh, I really don't get to drink it because... I'm talking. Good morning, Pauline. Ingrid, hello to you. Gas and brake moment. Yes, indeed. That's exactly caught up in the paradox that is this life. That is such an interesting way to put that. And I'm going to use that. I think that, that idea when we get to the full moon, the paradox of our lives. Uh, Asa, great to see you. Pauline says, oh, oh, no, that's not Pauline. I'm sorry. Christine says, hi to Pauline. Mimi, good morning to you. 
And JLo, good to see you. I hope you had a wonderful birthday. Uh, and Asa says, I'm home goddess at Christine Buckingham and glad to be back. I bet you are. That's always, it's always fun to go away. But then it's always fun to come back home too. But I found myself this weekend going, oh, this, this, this time last weekend, we were driving up to Hurricane Ridge. Oh, this time last weekend, because last weekend, of course, we went away, we had a wonderful time. And I was sort of pining for that wonderful time, because this weekend, of course, was rainy and cold, and not so much good for going outside and doing fun things. Marjorie Roth, good morning to you. She says, good morning from beautiful Virginia. Great to see you. Leilani, hey, family, I missed you all so much. I've been working, but I always watch after work. Well, Leilani, however it is that you get to listen to us or entertain with us is good for us, right? So we know that you're out there in the background, but it's nice to see you here in person as well today. All right, so I'm going to switch over real quickly and go back to Friday. Friday, Friday, can you go back in time? Let's do some time traveling and go back to the moment on Friday where the energy shifted. Now, Mars is that planet that takes us into action territory, right? He is motion. He is movement. He is aggression even or assertiveness, how we put ourselves out there into the world, how we how we take action, what we take action on is often driven by where Mars is in our charts. Some of you may have Mars in uh, retrograde. And if your Mars is retrograde, your action path is different from those of us who have Mars in forward motion. Most of us will have Mars in forward motion because he's really only in retrograde for about two and a half, three months every 24 months. So there are unique beings out there who were actually born when Mars was retrograde, but you're certainly not as many as there was with Mars in direct motion or forward motion. So when Mars changes signs, the, um, the energy of what we are focusing on in terms of our doing changes. So when Mars was in Gemini, the focus was on chattering, talking, sharing ideas, following steps following our curiosity, right? Following the things that uh, intrigued us or that were interesting to us. I followed all kinds of trails over the last uh, six weeks or so with Mars in Gemini because I was really, topics would come up and I'd be like, oh, what's that? Words would come up and I would have to follow that word and see what it meant. And so that, that period of time was characterized by a lot of mental energy, a lot of mental focus, and a lot of, of um, mental or thinking, uh, sharing of ideas, and maybe jumping from one thing to another. Mars is a fire planet or a planet that's good in fire. He rules fire sign Aries, but he also rules water sign uh, Scorpio. So we have Mars in play during this full moon today as well. But now Mars is in a water sign. So now we have Mars in his watery self, right? So watery, meaning things are slowing down somewhat, right? In Gemini, it was air and fire and air. They're fanning the flames. And there's a lot that's potentially possible for us to do, to talk about, to think about. Now, the energy has slowed down somewhat. And in fact, Mars in Cancer could become very moody. So some of you may have noticed this weekend, some moods going up and down, right? The, the um, cautious air of action now, as opposed to Gemini's more quick response kind of action, water slows things down. And in cases of Mars being in Cancer, then there can be sometimes some frustration that builds up within us because that Mars energy wants action, but in water, he's slowing down. And if the mood isn't right, then Mars action may not be able to gain the traction that he needs in order to get things done. So we have a very moody Mars until June 11th, when he then moves out of Cancer and into Leo, and that energy again bumps up. So what we see with Mars is that our action steps or the energies of forward momentum, uh, the dynamics of our lives, tend to breathe in and breathe out over the course of in, in six week or so intervals, six to eight weeks. And that's because every other sign 
is going to be a sign that goes more inward or slows down versus the sign that is going to speed things up or push things outward. So Mars is very akin to breathing. And that means our action steps in our lives is sometimes characterized by pushing outward with a period following that of inaction or relative inaction compared to what had been going on and then action again. So if you're noting that in your own life, why sometimes you're, you're raring to go and other times you're more tired or sleepy or slow to react, that might be because of Mars. Now, Mars in Cancer is for the collective at the moment, but there's also your own natal Mars. So you need to look at your own chart and see. Um, oh, okay. I, I will answer that question, Asa and Ingrid. So let, let me finish on Mars and then we'll take that question, okay? Uh, so your own natal Mars also has a part to play in all of this. So someone whose natal Mars is in a very action-oriented sign, like I have my own natal Mars in uh, Leo, conjunct Uranus of all things. So the fact that I experienced this weekend of inspiration and idea generation and what I want to do right? For all of you guys, of course, I'm always thinking about my community of astrology and human design listeners, and what is it that I want to do? And inspiration was coming in. But there's this other thing that's happening that Mars transiting through cancer is giving me pause, right? It's causing me to slow it down. And rather than today, just jumping out with what I want to do, I'm taking the slower road. Now I was doing that less deliberately than it sounds. It's actually that I got inspired and I wrote out a template and then I got caught up in like a stop point. So I didn't complete the template and then something else comes in and I get the template started. I get going. And then the, there was a stopping point. And usually that would cause really good frustration, high frustration. I'd throw the whole thing out, but instead I kind of simmered with this. So maybe that's what we're doing. We're simmering with those big ideas that we want to do or with the, the timing of things and how we want them to bust out into the world. So we're slowing down. We're becoming more cautious during these six weeks. And on top of that, more conservative. Think about cancer as a sign, uh, as a, even the symbol, the, the crab, it never comes straight at you, right? So the action doesn't have a straightforward uh, angle to it. It has a sort of bypass. It has a sidewinder effect. So we are not necessarily coming straight on with something. So the, the sideways path is more preferable during this period of time. That for some people, if you have an Aries Mars, for example, that can be very, very disconcerting because you are used to going straight on. Sagittarius, you're also like that sort of straight on. And now we're going to slow things down and go a little bit around the bend rather than hitting the straight on point. Now, besides being moody in Cancer, Mars is also a little more defensive in Cancer. So if you find yourself feeling like you need to defend uh, either your opinion or your position on something or defending a, a member of your family or your friends against something else, that would be a part of Mars as well in Cancer. And Mars is also more, takes on more indecisiveness a waffling a bit, not sure when to take action. Is it right now or is it later? When, when do I want to take action? So we have to be patient. That is probably the biggest lesson during Mars and Cancer is to be patient, to bide your time, to move when the mood is right and to not move when the mood is not right. Move and mood connected here. So for the next foreseeable uh, time, we are going to be in a more slowed down action phase, but also one that once we are able to take action or when we do take action, it's because all of the signs, all of the energies have built up to support our next steps. So that's the, the highest possible here. So you want to look in your own personal charts to where cancer is. That is going to tell you the house that is being affected by the transit of Mars. So if you have cancer, for example, those of us with cancer risings, it's going to be in our first house. So there's probably something slowly cooking within your personality or within what you yourself see or what you yourself have as a vision. 
and that could be cooking. If it's in your second house, slowing down money or income uh, or being more diligent about more security oriented about what you're spending money on or where you're spending your self-worth, right? What, what are you worthy enough to do? And is that something that's doing that you're doing now or that you're going to participate in later. A third house Mars in Cancer would be about how you are teaching, learning, communicating. What is your mind focused on? Is your mind focused on Uber security or uh, uh, insecurities, right? So if you're trying to move forward somewhere, but you hear in your mind that you're afraid, then you're going to get mixed results. And that, of course, isn't the best way to set about to do things. So listen to what your voice is saying when you're saying things out loud, but also listen to what the mind is saying. And if they are disconnected, then you have to reconnect, right, to be able to move forward. Fourth house is going to apply to home and family and traditions, the roots. Cancer is very comfortable in the fourth house. So if you have a fourth house cancer, then you're already very comfortable with security and stability. I mean, that's what you've built your house upon or your life upon. Mars coming through here may see you adopting one more step in that security or maybe even changing up a bit your concept of security. Fifth house, Mars in Cancer might be all about what's fun and playful, where have I been too serious, taking some time to look out and what's more creative, how do I want to express myself. Sixth house, health, right, health, and also healing. So maybe seeing your doctors or your, your uh, healing therapists. Also work, what about your work environment? And is that something that makes you feel comfortable? Do you feel good there? Uh, seventh house relationships. So your partnerships, either business or for pleasure, your marriage or your significant relationships that you have in your life. Um, there can be some upset in relationships at this point. If you have a seventh house cancer and Mars is moving through it, there may be frustration points that have been simmering beneath the surface that may now come out. Um, or there may be some sabotage going on in that relationship. Maybe you're thinking that you're seeing things that are happening, but they're really not. They're just reflections. So let's call it projection could be happening there. The eighth house is a house of transformation. It is a house that takes us into the deepest needs that we have as human beings, the, uh, the hidden facets of ourselves. So Mars moving through cancer here, maybe bringing things up that have been hidden from you, hidden motivations. Ninth house, cancer, uh, Mars moving through there may be now, this one could be frustrating as well, because the ninth house is a house of travel. It's a house of expansion and growth. And it would appear then with Mars moving through here, rather than expanding and growing what's outside of us, it may be expanding what's more inside of us. And I can kind of envision the frustration that's coming up for people who right now really want to travel, who really want to go somewhere, because we've been sort of in this various forms of lockdown now for over a year. And it feels to us like we really want to just go back to, you know, being able to go where we want to go, when we want to go there. And yet not all the pieces on the chessboard are allowing for that yet. And when you have a ninth house Mars transit, then it's possible that you're going to have to move that frustration of not being able to go where you want to go and into maybe more of the inner discovery of what you want to be doing or where you want to go. 10th house cancer, Mars moving through your 10th house is going to focus in on your career, your profession, your authority, how you live out your truth. An 11th house cancer, Mars is going to be focusing on your dream, your vision, your goals, as well as the networks of people that you are in. I would expect maybe some scritchiness in our friendships or in our networks, maybe more expressions of emotion. Um, in, with the people, if you're a Facebook person or an Instagram person, and you're used to seeing um, a certain amount of distance in what people say, then expect people to be more emotional and reactive, right? Sometimes there's the reaction component. So if you're on social media, and you say something, and you think it's totally innocuous, expect that other people may not think that, and can be then in reaction. 12th house cancer, Mars, you're going to be on a trip of the inner realms, right? The 12th house has us looking at what has limited us. What is it that we've been imprisoned by? What are our beliefs, our subconscious patterns, 
and now Mars with mood in his corner, helping us to see maybe how emotions have played a role in the things that we do in, when we pull back or when we go around something or when we don't live out our highest and best. There you go. Breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Okay. Now let's take a look at what Ingrid's question was here. Uh, but up, but up from Ingrid, which is the most important to focus on in a simple horoscope, ascendant, sun, or moon? Wow. I guess to answer that question, it really depends on what it is that the issue might be that you're looking up. So let's say, for example, you are at odds with what it is that you're here to do. Who, who are you authentically here to be, or what is the path that you're meant to take in your life? Then I would look at the sun right? The sun is going to tell us a lot of information about who you are and about what your natural gifts and talents are that could be applied to anything, right? Just because I'm a sun in Gemini doesn't mean that I have to communicate or write or speak, but I do. <laughs> and that's what I focus on is then how do I bring information out to people? Uh, let's see, Ingrid, you are, oh my God, I can't believe I can't under, I don't know what sign you are. I do too know what sign you are. So let's say you're a Scorpio. I know you're not a Scorpio, but maybe you are. <laughs> Scorpio uh, is a sign. Then if we're focusing on the sun, it's what are you transforming in this life? And how are you bringing up the hidden realms into the light of the day? And as well, emotions and all of the emotional uh, components that it is that you might be holding back in yourself that you need to express. So depending on the issue. Now, if you're looking at... Uh, maybe relationship issues or feelings or emotional things that that are or memories, the, the moon, if you're looking at um, who am I, who am I, besides what do I do, who am I, then you're going to want to look at the ascendant. Because the ascendant is going to give you the personality, it's going to give you your viewpoint, it's going to tell you what that I am presence is playing in this lifetime. So I hope that helps, but never, ever, ever can you really take and just take one piece and make it real, make it the whole of the horoscope or the whole of the person. There are too many moving pieces. Now, if you take the ascendant, the sun and the moon, and maybe the North node, depending on the age of the person, that's going to almost give you that person's life path because the North node is telling you where they're pressured to go. The moon, the sun, and the ascendant is going to tell you about their inner and their outer world, as well as their own personal viewpoint. So that gives you a more complete picture without having to look at all of the pieces on the chessboard. Oh, Pisces. Oh, of course you are. Duh. Virgo moon. Scorpio. Doesn't matter what element Mars is in, in your natal chart with Mars being in cancer now. Yes, that's a great question too. So for example, when I said Mars in my chart is in Leo, it's in fire. So now Mars in cancer is in water. What do fire and water do? They make steam and steam is really just a venting of energy unless you put it to work for something, right? When we use steam in a steam engine, we're taking the energy component, the potential in the steam and we're putting it to work. We're channeling it somewhere. So that's how fire and water would work together. Now, if you have earth and water, let's say you have Mars in an earth sign, and that has a very distinctly practical down to earth, if you will, way of being. And that now you put it in water, you put Mars in water, you have a lot of emotional energy that the Mars in earth uh, doesn't necessarily have to deal with. So there may be these flooding moments, if you will, as water rushes over the earth and uh, gives that uh, Mars in earth person a different experience rather than relying strictly on the practical steps that need to be taken. There's the emotional component that will have to be taken into consideration. And then if we take air, air and water do really well together, right? It's they fan it, like fire and air fan the flames of one another, water uh, and air, air whips up the water, right? Now whipping up the water can be really good if you need to move water somewhere, but also can make for a lot of turmoil and chaos 
if it's like the wind, have you ever watched waves with the wind? Um, a very tranquil lake can be whipped into a frenzy by the wind. So note that, that Mars in air, which is usually going to be full of ideas and, and uh, movement and uh, sharing and communicating, may then find itself in very moody areas, right, where uh, where I normally am very talkative now I can't seem to say what I want to say uh, and being you know drift or maybe worse I'm you know using the energy of of air or I mean of water in the mo the emotion and the moods to strike out at others um, venting my frustration uh, or, or my own inner chaos outward onto other people so I hope that helps God you guys are filled with great questions today I love that uh, Let's see, was there any other questions? Ingrid, okay, got it. So Ingrid, did I answer the question for you or is there uh, another question in there? Where, I mean, were you asking about something personal? And if so, let me know or let Asa know so that I can bring that up. Uh, in the meantime, so Mars in Cancer, right? A very interesting series of of experiences. Now, he's not particularly active in Cancer in terms of making connections to other planets. Right now, Cancer's not, remember last year, it was all about what's going on in, in Capricorn affecting what's going on in Cancer. So there wasn't a whole lot of, I mean, there was a lot of different things. Every time the moon moved through Aries, Libra, Capricorn, or Cancer, there was something to do with Cancer. This year, though, that's not the case. So Cancer sort of in a, a more... I don't want to say empty because that's not quite right, but it's in a less um, uh, energetic place in 2021. So we don't have as many um, opportunities perhaps to have things, you know, challenge us or bring things up. But this week, for sure, as Pluto is moving retrograde this week, there may be some instances where that Mars and Cancer can be digging up some of the emotions that are lying deep within us, our feelings, the things that we've pushed to the background. So that's one thing that I can say as far as Mars and Cancer and transits that are occurring that may be very aff affective for us uh, over the next uh, couple of months or till June 11th at least. Uh, okay, is there another question? Nope, I don't see that. So let's move on now. And if you still have questions about Mars and Cancer, you can certainly put those there and uh, Asa will get them to me. But let's talk now about the moon in Scorpio, as right now the moon has already transited into the sign of Scorpio in preparation. Now we are all in preparation for that full moon that occurs this evening. Um, and at this point in time, it should be sort of dawning on us that there might be some things that are uh, that are better left undone, right? That maybe there's just not enough energy pushing us in a certain direction so that maybe something else is opening up. And during a full moon, well, at this point, we're not at the full moon yet. So we're still in that phase of considering what it is that we might be uh, experiencing in terms of an ending or a completion or a revelation. And it, uh, if you, you need to look at two different places in your chart then for this information, because the moon right now is in Scorpio. So you need to look at where Scorpio is in your chart, Ingrid, because I see that you have a I think it was a Scorpio ascendant that Asa was telling me, Virgo moon, Scorpio ascendant. So for you, this full moon is going to bring something up around relationships and the relationship you have with yourself, something revealed here or something coming up, the aha moment perhaps around that. So we'll take a look a little deeper at some of those things. And the theme around not just the full moon, but all of this time of uh, the moon in Scorpio is about empowerment through transformation. In fact, you could say anytime the moon is moving through Scorpio, that is the underlying theme. How can we empower ourselves or become empowered or empower others through using the energy of transformation, i.e. change, right? And the question, I wrote a, a question for all of you guys to think about this morning. What am I transforming or what needs to transform in my life so that I can become personally empowered? 
What am I transforming or what needs to transform in my life to become personally empowered? Now, a part of that might be about eliminating the old, right? Old baggage. Uh, in Scorpio, we have a, a pretty good opportunity to really look at the uglies within us, right? The, the part that we like, I don't want to look at that part, right? I don't want to. But if I am willing to, then I can see the truth in something, like something maybe that I've held on to all my life and belief that I can finally let go of. I can transform. This is about self-mastery, self-mastery, self-discipline. And what are you committed to? What are you committed to? Another good question that you can ask yourself in this time period before we get to the full moon, right? So we have until 8.32 p.m. this evening if you're on the West Coast, 11.32 p.m. if you are on the East Coast. And if you're in Europe, in, in the UTC time zone, it's 6.32, I think it is in the morning. So tomorrow morning. So you have a little more time, it would seem, um, to consider this, right? Consider. What needs to be transformed in your life? What needs to be eliminated? What can I let go of in order to gain self-mastery and self-discipline? And then after that, the very next question is, what am I committed to doing for me? And I just want to remind you that where's the sun this week in human design? It is there until uh, the 28th, so until Wednesday, and it's at the gate 27, the gate of nurturing. And what did we discover with the gate of nurturing? That we have to nurture ourselves at least as much as we are nurturing others. If we haven't been taking care of ourselves, we do not have the energy or the ability to share with other people. So we have to remember that compassion and love and nurturing has to be, we have to become accountable for it, taking care of ourselves before we can actually be of help to anyone else in the outer world. So keep that in mind. Now in Scorpio, we also have the emotional connection. It, the intimacy issue comes up with Scorpio energy. There's a real deep need with Scorpio to bond and to be in relationship or to be with someone else. There is a sexual energy here as well, but that sexual energy isn't so much in the act of sex as much as it is in the bonding, the bringing together, the joining together in intimacy, right? The soulmate kind of relationship. So while Scorpio is known as a very sexual sign, it is based on something that's more emotionally connected than at first blush, right? When you take a look at it, it's not just uh, sex for the act of sex. It is much more about that emotional connection, that ability to share that deeply with someone else. In the uh, sign of Scorpio, as in the eighth house that Scorpio rules in a natural chart, we have money right? Money is also a part of this experience. Don't forget the sun during this full moon is also going to be in Taurus, another money sign. Taurus and Scorpio take us into money and possessions resources, right? So the eighth house or the Scorpio end of the resources is about what we share with others, the things that we receive not from our own work. So for instance, uh, what your spouse might be bringing in as an income or loans or taxes or credit or debt uh, or inheritances, uh, wills, you know, the will issue and who's left you what or a legacy, those kinds of things come up in Scorpio. What is your legacy? That might be a question we're asking ourselves as well. But also in the business realm, this is about the contracts that we have with one another that are um, binding, right? So we've got bonding here again, but it is in more business sense than personal. Although there could be personal contracts and things like that as well involved here. Now, when we look at what the more negative side of this energy of Scorpio is, what we see is the misuse of power. So we see it through revenge or jealousy, that green-eyed monster, right? Envy, uh, power struggles with others, uh, power struggles within yourself. We see it in some of the core uh, wounds in humanity, abandonment, guilt, 
suspicion, right? So these are the, if you're, if you're moving in that direction, or if you're feeling those energies, this is a Scorpio time to transform those energies, right? To release yourself from the old story of abandonment or of guilt or shame or suspicion or power struggles or uh, revenge and envy and jealousy. This is the time to release those things, not to make, not to embrace them, but to reform them or to transform them. All right. Um, now, question from Christine Buckingham. Is it common to have the same signs of rising and moon in North and South Node? Example, Scorpio moon, North Node. Yes, it is, because that means you were likely born near an eclipse, right? Because with the, when the nodes and the moon are close, it drives an eclipse. Right. So when we get to May, at the end of May, we have uh, a lunar eclipse. And when you look at the chart of that full moon, what you see is that the nodes are very close to where the sun and the moon are. So the south node, north node axis is aligning with the sun moon opposition. So when we get to next month, of course, the moon will be full in the sign of Sagittarius and the sun will be in Gemini. And, and right now that's where the north south node are going through. So you were born, if they're very close, they, you were born near an eclipse. So it's not uncommon it's not I, I wouldn't I have no clue what the percentage of people are that are born that way but it just means that there would be an extra focus for you on what you're meant to learn uh, through the north and south node because your sun moon combination are very close in as well uh, was there another question after that I think there was from Corey the fourth house is family right family of origin family that you have now, the traditions you hold within a family, um, stability, the foundation, the roots of something. Um, it is also the mother often in a chart, although it can also be father, it just depends on who is the more nurturing parent in your life. And of course, the sign there would also have a lot to do with uh, what that represents. For example, I'm assuming you must have cancer there since we talked about maybe cancer, Mars, um, that might represent mother, right? Or anything around being a mother or your own mother. All right. Now, when we have a full moon, it is about revelation. It is about a culmination of something. It is about a completion or an ending. Now, I was thinking about this this morning because, you know, I'm into cycles, right? I love this idea of cycles and how the cycles are uh, showing us a direction, right? They're direction finders, um, propulsion, you know, moving us in a, in a sort of direction. So I was thinking about the moon coming into fullness only 14 days after it was brand new, right? That's what happens astrologically. So the new moon happens seven days later, we have the first quarter moon or the crisis of action. Where do we go? What do we do? Something's in my way. I don't know what's up. And then we get to the full moon seven days later. So now we have 14 days from the new moon. And yet the full moon is that revelation compulsion or culmination, completion or endings. Not right. I, I cannot, I cannot see. It may be that it's the beginning of the end. Right. It can be that there's something that's revealed that becomes maybe shocking or in some way so profound that you begin the process of letting go. Right. That you begin the process of 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 allowing something to pass out of your field. Um, but I don't know that the full moon is the absolute ending of something. I think it's the beginning of the ending of something because there's still another 14 days in that moon cycle, right? We have seven days from the full moon. We're going to get to the crisis of action. Now, what do I mean? The crisis of consciousness. What do I have to shift in my mind or in my belief system, in my patterns from the past in order to complete my new moon intentions? And then we finally get back to the new moon, right? So I think you have to look at the complete cycle and not just at the full moon as that ending or completion energy, although it's there, I think it's not so much that it happens now. It's like the handwriting's on the wall, and now you can see what it is that needs to be changed or morphed or transformed or let go of. So I'd love to know what you guys think about that. All right. In the meantime, let me share my screen and show you a couple of graphics here. Um, whoops. Share. There we go.
Um, but um, let's look at this one first. So the, here's our info for the April full moon. Uh, the full moon is at seven Scorpio and the sun is at seven Taurus. So you wanna look at where that is in your own personal chart, seven degrees. If you have other planets in uh, water or in earth that are around that seven degree point, so say seven degrees of Cancer, seven degrees of Pisces or seven degrees of Capricorn or seven degrees of Virgo, you may be aspected by this full moon, right? The rest of you who don't have anything around that seven degree mark, you still will have the opportunity for some kind of change or transformation, but it'll be more house oriented around the issues in the house, not necessarily because there's a planet sitting at a degree that's similar to that. So uh, hold on, is there another question from JLo? She has just noticed. Okay, I will deal with that one in just a minute, JLo. So uh, the gate or the, excuse me, the degree in, is going to tell you if, if you have a planet sitting there and it's in a water sign or an earth sign that there's likely something more to this full moon for you than what normally meets the eye and then at first blush, right? So maybe you don't have much in Scorpio or you don't have much in Taurus, but you have something at that degree in Pisces or you have some, so we have to look at the relationship between the, the full moon or the sun right now and those planets that may be sitting in similar signs uh, or similar element signs in the same degrees. And I would give this an orb of about two degrees on either side, so about five degrees total. So five, six, seven, eight, nine degrees of the signs that might be affected. So for example, I have my, my natal moon at eight Virgo. So I'm assuming that the sun at seven Taurus is beaming some kind of energy through a trine to my eight degree moon. So that's how I would look at that in a person's chart or in my own chart. Here's the deets, April 26th, for those of us in the USA, 8.32 p.m. Pacific time, 11.32 p.m. East Coast time, 3.32 a.m. UTC. I think I said 6.32, it's 3.32 in the morning of April 27th. Uh, the theme, now this theme that we're going to talk about here has to do with Dane Rudyard, my ever trusty I don't even know if I can show you this because I'm sharing my screen, but the astrological mandala that is written by Dane Rudyard and uh, built upon the Sabian symbols that uh, I think her name is Linda Hill also talks about the theme of the moon, the theme of uh, seven Scorpio is about being open to receiving higher inspiration to not necessarily be looking outside of yourself for inspiration. Right. Sometimes we think inspiration lives outside, but note it begins with in, inspiration, inspiritedness, inspiration, right? So looking within to receive our inspiration, the sun is sitting at a degree that takes us to future oriented imagination, but not just dumping on the past and leaving the past behind, but marrying, if you will, the best of the past to the potential of the future. So having the imagination of how we can use our experiences, the wealth of our knowledge in new and uh, revolutionary ways. So the moon's theme, the sun's theme work really well together because it seems like maybe some of that um, outer world experience is driven by what we um, intuit or are inspired by within ourselves. Now, there's also a human design theme, and we're, we're looking at this a little bit deeper here because um, I, I'm trying to marry human design and astrology in your minds. I want you to be able to see things in a more cohesive way rather than them being two separate systems, even though they are, they are two separate systems, but they there's a beauty and an elegance in the way that they work together. So when we're looking at the human design theme juxtaposed against the moon's openness to receiving higher inspiration, well, the moon is at gate 28, the gate of adventure or challenge. And here, and, and it happens, we're going we're gonna to dial it in a little deeper because it happens in the sixth 
line. So you know when you are looking at your human design chart and you see a gate that the something something planet is sitting at and it's in a gate number and then it has a little exponent to it or some uh, programs show a dot and then a number. That's the line. And the line kind of dials in a little different focus. I always think of the gate as the lane, I mean, excuse me, as the highway that we're transiting down. While the, the line is the lane of the highway that you're traveling in. So if we are all in on highway 28 with the moon, but right now with the full moon, we're going to be in the line six. So we're all the collective energy is in highway 28 lane six. And this is the one that holds the tension of opposites. And it's question is how can I hold the highest of ideals within myself, my highest ideals, and continue in old negative patterns? How, how is that possible? We discover it isn't possible, of course, that if we want to move into the higher uh, ideals and to, to live a life of uh, expression and, and love and joy and adventure even, we can't do that while we're caught up in our old negative patterns. So we have an opportunity here to release ourselves from those old patterns and then allows us to hold that highest ideal of what more is possible. Now, the sun is at the gate 27, accountability. And by the way, these are quantum human design languaging by Karen Curry Parker. When we look at gate 27 in traditional human design, it's called nourishing. So what we see is the gate 27 is really about honoring and respecting and nourishing ourselves in, uh, in order to be able to do the highest and best for others. So our life's journey is dependent on ourselves being accountable or being accountable to ourselves for our own nourishment. Otherwise, we can't help others, right? We've seen that theme now a couple times this morning. So the 27 giving us that ability to tap into how well am I nourishing myself or am I trying to share my gifts and my talents from a deficit? If I am, that's not going to go over well, right? I'm undermining my energy. I'm undermining my ability to have sustainable access to my gifts and my talents or sustainably sharing my gifts and my talents. Now, there's also an, a Uranus X aspect to this particular full moon. I drew the picture in here. Here's the moon at seven degrees of uh, Scorpio, and it is opposing the sun. That's exactly what happens. That's the mechanics of a full moon where the moon and the sun are in an exact 180 degree opposition to one another. But look who's very close by. It, just three degrees from the sun is the planet Uranus. So we have a sun conjunct Uranus and we have moon opposing Uranus. Either way you look at it, there may be some surprises thrown in, some upsets thrown in during this period of time. And oh, by the way, there's a lot of other planets going through Taurus right now with the sun that the moon is can't help but aspect because she doesn't stay at seven degrees. Of course, she moves out of that degree um, you know, very quickly and ends up then aspecting or opposing Uranus, Venus, Mercury, and then the black moon Lilith. So even you know, the moon being full tonight is just the beginning of the moon's focus on um, transforming that Taurus energy. And that's kind of a process that's happening for everybody. Uh, so look to where Taurus is, because that's where this buildup of planets is transiting. And the moon opposing them is going to be showing you different aspects of yourself, of your inner life, of your beliefs, even uh, of the timing, the correct timing for you during this period of time. All right, so I'm going to pause. I'm going to stop sharing for just a second. And let's go back here to questions, uh, questions from Corey. So Corey does have a Scorpio fourth house. That's, I kind of thought that's what was going on. Oh no, I thought you were talking about Mars moving through cancer, but a Scorpio fourth house. So the, the moon moving through Scorpio, bringing up aspects of your family, uh, of your relationship to family, of transforming that kind of energy between you and your mother, perhaps, or 
is there a need that you feel to be uber secure before you take any steps to do anything in your life? I'm sorry, my phone just keeps shutting off on me and that's making me very upset. Um, so taking a look at that fourth house and, and where are you, um, where are there holes in your foundation? Maybe. Or where is the concept of security or stability overtaking your life and causing you to freeze up, right? To have a fear. Remember, the moon is sitting at the gate 28. That is on the spleen in your human design. It is a fear gate. It is a paralysis point. So another way to look at what's happening for you is where are you paralyzed right now by a feeling of insecurity? And how do you want to change that? Question from JLo. She just noticed her natal Venus as exact with the North Node, where the gate is now. What could that mean? So Venus, so let me see if I'm getting this straight. So you're saying that Venus is transiting over your North Node. Is that right? So let's see, Venus transiting is in Taurus. So transiting over your North Node is in Taurus or your South Node, but either way, she's going over the nodal axis. And in that nodal axis is, um, hold on, Venus isn't in, Venus is in Taurus. Yes, she is. Okay. So you must have a 14 degree or so North node, or what you're saying is, yeah, it would be, it's a time then for you, JLo. This is important. I think there's something important here for you to look at because Venus is your ruling planet as a Taurus. So Venus may be showing you here where you maybe don't feel worthy enough or smart enough or good enough to really claim that North Node energy. The North Node energy in uh, a personal chart in Taurus would be about prosperity and about abundance and about worthiness and confidence and really understanding the idea behind manifesting right? I always think of Torians as man, master manifestors. When they really get on board with what it is that they want, you can't stop them, right? There is no stopping them. Um, but it means that you have to be aligned on several levels. You can't just be aligned, aligned in the mind. You have to have the mind, the heart, the solar plexus all lined up so that what you, what you want is the same as what you're thinking about and is uh, followed by feelings that support your receiving what it is that you want. So Venus may be pointing out where you might need to do some work there, but by far and away, Venus is a, a benefic planet. So maybe you're actually seeing the results of having been worthy or of changing your concept of abundance. So it's a good time for you. All right, hopefully that's helpful. And uh, but but uh, Corey is a new moon or is a new moon intention something that we should focus on for the whole cycle into the next new moon and then repeat or find something else to focus on? I say it's something that you are focused on from start to uh, ending. So from the start of the new moon to the ending of that moon cycle or the beginning of the next new moon. Now it depends too on you know, what is it that your intention is? Is your intention something, when you get to the end of the cycle and you start to review the month or the, the cycle, right? The 28 days prior, is it, are you seeing the results of that intention? Are you seeing the steps that have taken you forward? If not, then you're building upon it. I believe I would build upon that in the next cycle of the new moon right? So maybe only a part of what you intended has come through. So do you really want to stop focusing on that now? No, I think you want to keep going with that same theme until you've got the complete manifestation. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't add another intention to it or another level. It just means I think that it's not always a one-to-one -one relationship that the intention that you set at the beginning is in culmination at the full moon or even at the end of the whole moon cycle when you get to the new moon. I think sometimes it's revealed to us over time. Thus the nature of cycles, right? They circle back on one another. So watching the cycle and it, this takes some time and patience on your part to really chart how that is affecting you in your personal life. And if you set an intention and you've worked with that intention throughout the month and you get to the end of the month and nothing much has happened around that, then maybe it's time to reevaluate 
that intention and is that the right thing for me? So it, many different permutations of how that can show up, but I don't believe that the that every intention that you set with the new moon comes to completion before the next one. I think sometimes they're built within one another. That's the spiraling nature of consciousness, right? Okay, great questions, you guys. I love it when you're doing this, when you're that engaged. Now, let's see, where else do I wanna go? I wanna show you a bigger picture probably need to be in Zoom then. Here we go. I wanted to show you again. You guys probably saw this on Friday and maybe saw it in the, the one of the pages that I, I have going right now, that the week energy, the week's energy has a lot to do with our recognition that life is a struggle and that sometimes the things that we want don't happen all at one time. Maybe this helps you as well, Corey, answer that question that, that the intention might take longer because maybe it isn't the right timing yet, that the right components aren't together yet, the right pieces aren't all assembled on the, the chessboard yet. So this week has a lot to do with that, the struggle that we go through to get where we wanna go or to express the truth of our being. Uh, but suffering is optional here. There's no gate of suffering. The gate of struggle, uh, which is partly this gate 28 in traditional human design, it's the gate of struggle, but it's not the gate of suffering, right? Struggle means let it become an adventure, right? Instead of letting it defeat you, let the struggles energize you. Let them, you know, be the, the uh, fodder for forward motion, you know, to keep you moving, to keep you interested, to keep you in the adventure. Then, of course, the gate 27 where the sun is, is that accountability, also nourishing, nurturing. It is nurturing self first, releasing martyrdom, codependency, and guilt, right? Guilt. That was a Scorpio um, keyword as well, right? One of the misuses of power in Scorpio is bi being guilty. All right. So questions, comments, where are we in time? Wow. Just about the end. Um, was there another, I thought I had three. Oh, the other one I was going to show you was just the, the chart, but I think we've all seen enough of that. All right. So that is it for me this morning. No, let's do a real quick one. Uh, before I draw a card for the week, the week's transits, right? I'm just going to briefly go through these. I'm not going to be able to go these through, go through these deeply. Today's the full moon. Obviously, we're all preoccupied with that. And the, now we've got the moon in Scorpio. We're already in that process. Tomorrow, we have Pluto turning retrograde. Mars being in Cancer is akin to Mars's rulership of Scorpio. So we have a connection here. And Pluto is a co-ruler of Scorpio with Mars. So now we have some really good help, I think, with Pluto turning retrograde uh, until I believe it's October 6th. So we are shifting and um, transforming the inner dynamics, right? The inner world. Wednesday is the new human design week. Finally, we get to the last gate where the earth is prompting us to release fear. Uh, it'll be the gate 24 for the sun blessings and the gate 44 truth um, in the earth. Thursday, Mercury is in a sextile to Neptune, and these two work together really well to give us insight, to give us intuitive knowingness. I love it. On a Friday, Sun conjuncts Uranus. Sun does this annually, right? If we look at the Sun in its relationship to each of the planets that it conjuncts, it goes through the same thing. It'll conjunct Uranus now, and in a certain amount of time, it will come to square Uranus, then it will oppose Uranus, and then it will closing square Uranus, and then come back to this time next year when the sun again is in a conjunction to Uranus. So we have cycles. So something new, something a new awakening within us in this particular day uh, over this particular time period. And on Saturday, we have a, a break, nothing big going on there. Sunday, Mercury trine Pluto and Venus sextile Neptune. I will definitely get that information out for you. On Friday, we'll take a look at what's ahead for us in May, some of the, the key things. We've got a Mercury retrograde coming up. Yay, right? Yay. And other important things like eclipses and movements of planets into new signs. So we have that. All right, let's get an animal card to for the collective to get us through the week. And oh, by the way, I haven't decided yet exactly how this will work out. 
but for the month of May, I am going to have an additional, it'll either be a live broadcast or a uh, recorded broadcast. It all depends on a couple of other issues going on uh, with my book at the moment. And um, that's because May is a very powerful month. We, uh, from the Pleiadian earth energy, we're going into a shadow cycle. So I feel like you need more support. We all need more support through the month of May. So I'll either be adding that extra. I, I just haven't decided yet whether it's Wednesday live or Wednesday, a recorded uh, message, but giving extra support through the month of May. All right. So for our card for the collective, we get stag spirit, take the lead card 58. I think we've had stag before. If you really look at this card, it's really very beautiful. And it says, take the lead. And it was right side up. Let's see what that may mean for us. Oracle's message says, whether or not you have set your intention to lead, you may have found yourself suddenly called to step up to the forefront of your life. Stag spirit is a reminder that now is a time to heed the call to be sure, strong, and compassionate. Others will look to you and you have it within you to see through the eyes of stag spirit and walk with confidence as you take on the responsibility that are yours now and model integrity in all that you do and in all your relationships. Be willing to see the best in others so that your compassionate heart keeps you on the right path. Stag Spirit wants you to know that your responsibilities now are to yourself too, for you are learning and developing new skills. I love how that matches where the sun is in our human design. The best in you is coming into view as you step forward with strength, knowing that spirit supports you as compassionate as you compassionately take the lead. You are a model for transformation now, sharing your experience, strength, and hope with others so they may grow and discover their best selves too. What a gift you are. Stay humble and authentic. Walk your talk for this is how a wise leader leads. There we go. Stag spirit, right? Be the leader in your world. All right. That is it for me today. I will see you all on Friday uh, for the weekend forecast, and we'll take a look at what's ahead for the month of May. Uh, take care. Much love to all of you. See you Friday.